welcome to this week's episode of Value Nigeria podcast. Um, it's a huge pleasure to bring another episode to you. How has your week been? Hope it's been quite productive. Um, last week on the show, we talked about the four dates that are quite important for every investor to be aware of, even as we enter into the earnings season, where dividends will hopefully begin to drop any minute from now. Um, this week, we return to our regular programming, where we get a guest across to you. Um, this week, we have a seasoned professional um, on the show. He's a value investor just like myself. He's committed to a lifetime of learning and um, you know practicing out what he, he has learned. He's a long-term investor who started investing many, many years ago and has quite a lot of experience in the field. Um, he's a regular commentator on various media and um, online investor forums where he is known for his um, unique strategy. You'll hear all about that in the course of the episode today. He's the author of the book, which we'll also talk about at some point in the podcast today, and has trained quite a lot of people um, with regards how to profitably invest in the stock market. My guest today is the team lead of the Wealth Creation Unit at Kedari Capital Limited. He's no other person than Mr. Oluyomi Faneye. I sincerely do hope that um, as you listen along to my interesting chat with him, you get to pick up one or two things that would hopefully improve your investing practice. Thank you for listening. So welcome to this new episode of Value Nigeria podcast. Uh, as earlier announced, uh, my guest on the podcast today is Mr. Oluyo Mifaneye, and he's a seasoned investor. He's someone I know quite a lot and I respect a lot. Um, believe me, you are in for an exciting discussion today. So Mr. Yomi, we would really like to meet you. We would like to know a little bit about your personal and possibly your professional background. Hi, so my name is Oliami Fane. Um, I'm married. I have two kids. That's my personal background. Um, professionally, um, I have about 20 years um, of business background. I have a business. I have a background in business administration. And um, right from the time I graduated, I started running my own business. But recently, I took paid employment um, for the very first time. Um, I work with an investment firm. I'm the team lead of uh, the wealth creation units of an investment firm called Kedari Capital. Uh, Kedari Capital is an investment firm in Nigeria that is um, committed to high net worth individuals and corporates. But recently, we are beginning to take in retail clients. Uh, so what we are doing is replicating the service that we, we have um, years given to high net worth individuals and also corporates and we decided to channel the same energy, the same service to retail investors. So that's why I am. All right. Thank you very, very much for that, sir. Like I always say, nobody came out of their mother's womb with a calculator in their hands. No, not even Warren Buffett. Um, nobody, nobody came with that um, investing mindset from the very beginning. How did your journey into investing, how did your journey into finance start? Hmm. Okay. Uh, growing up as a kid, what I noticed was that from time to time, my dad and my mom, they used to receive um, mails in the box that had um, notice of annual general meetings of companies, and they always received share 
um, certificates and dividend warrants. So uh, at some point, I started asking questions. Uh, what, what, uh, this looks like a check. I said, what's this? So my dad explained to me that it's a dividend warrant. And um, when you when you buy um, shares of a company, you every year when they declare profit, they pay part of their profits to their shareholders so that those um, warrants were his own share of the uh, the profits that were declared in the year. So that was how I got um, introduced to the world of investing. That was my first foray or first experience seeing anyone um, investing in the Nigerian stock market. So that's, that's where I got my intro into the world of investing. Interesting. Unfortunately, oh, well, let me not say unfortunately, many of our kids today, as most dividends come in as a direct payment into our bank accounts, even the annual reports are no longer printed on paper. Most times they are just sent as PDF files. I just wonder how our kids, yes. how our children will get to know about investing, except we consciously, you know, bring them up with that mindset. Is this something that you're yes, doing actively? Yes, you said it all consciously. You have to consciously um, let them see this thing. So what I do is that when I'm going through some um, annual reports, uh, dividend information, I just call my son to sit down by my side and he reads through. Right now, he can, he can, he can explain some things. He, at least he knows what a share is. He knows, he knows what dividends are. He knows what it means for companies to have. Um, earnings, it knows what it means to for a share to um, have earnings per share, dividend per share, profits, and all those little things. So right now, I'm in the process of um, teaching him how to trade in the stock market, how to buy shares and how to sell shares, so that he can he can someday, you know, do that by himself the way I I do that by myself. Well, I, I, that's a very, very important point. And that's just because um, it, I've heard a lot of people say this countless number of times that the reason or what brought them into investing is just, you know, seeing other people with dividend warrants, with annual reports and all that, which unfortunately um, we don't have. Unfortunately, we don't have all those again, but uh, a conscious choice is very, very important in passing this on yes, to the is. next generation. And obviously, a family yes, person... When you introduce yourself, you, you one of the first things you said was that you are married and you have kids, so it's obvious that that's quite yeah. important to you. Extremely. <laughs> All right. Now, um, with this background that you've had tw- over twenty years of you know business, being in business and seeing the way business works, being in investing and all. I'm sure you've seen a lot of investors come and go. You've seen a lot of mistakes that retail investors make. So what are the mistakes that you made when you were in your formative years that you see a lot of people making that same mistake today and you want to use this platform to correct? Hmm. Basically, one major mistake that I see people make today, which was also a mistake I made, was uh, the fact that you just get excited about companies because of their names and you just buy simply because of the name not knowing the numbers behind the company, not knowing the business behind the company, not knowing how well the business is doing, how profitable the business is doing. If there are other companies that will give better um, returns on, on your capital. So that, that was a major mistake I made. And it's a, it's a, it's a mistake, mistake I see many people make today. Just, you know, simply run with the name of a company and just buy 
simply because um, the company is known and um, the company has been around for a while, which could be a strength, but at the same time, it, it could it could um, it could limit one's um, opportunities. You know, you you leave out better opportunities simply because you are focusing on a known name, or you are focusing on a name that many people are talking about, like a trend, basically. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, I'm just going to sidestep a little bit. Uh, something that I I've seen happening in the stock market, in the Nigerian market over the past couple of days. Um, you know, people just buy, people just speculate and buy things just because it's going up in price. You know, they just buy because they, they want to make a part of that profit. And a particular example comes yeah. to mind. Um, RT Briscoe, it's been going up almost 10% every day for the past few days, but this is a company that is deeply in debt. I doubt if they are even still in yeah. operation. What do you say about this, um, the, the level of speculation or the amount of, you know, just throwing money out to worthless things? Uh, well, yeah, that, that's one of the things that makes the stock market tick. You know, prices move because of demand and supply. So when demand of, of a stock is high, definitely this, the, the price, it will drive the prices up. And when the demand is low and supply is high, it drives the price down. So the 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 important thing about investing is first identifying a good business, a good company that you want to invest in, and then positioning yourself so that you can buy at a discount when the prices are low and hold. And for if for any reason you, you're going to sell, you're selling at um, a profit when the prices are high. Um, I can't really speak much to speculating because um, speculating doesn't take anything. It's basically what speculating is, is gambling. You're just taking a chance. You're not, you're not looking at the company's fundamentals. You're not looking at, at how well they are doing. As you said, there's a company recently that has been gaining 10% in the market, but the company is in debt. So fundamentally, that's not a sound company. It's not a company a sound investor would invest in for the long term. But because the price has been going up, it's a good stock, a good company for a speculator. So it's also important to know where you fall in in the stock market. Are you a speculator? Are you an investor? I do not speculate. I am a value investor, just like you, my friend, Dr. Jibola. Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, sir. Um, you've walked right into my next question, which is, you, you've mentioned a couple of it already, but I would like you to tell us a little bit about your own process, how you go from idea generation to buying a company. What are the considerations that pass through your mind? Okay. Now, the first thing is that um, before I even think about investing or buying any company shares, I, I have a target I'll set for myself. Like, okay, what is the minimum return I want to have on my capital? That's the first question I ask myself. So if the minimum return I want on my capital is, let's say, 2% per annum or 5% per annum, 10% per annum or 20% per annum, whatever the percentage is, I set that first and it's on paper. Now, then I now look into the uh, market and I look at different companies and the rate of return on their on on their shares, like the dividend um, yield, the earnings yield, and then I narrow down the companies that would help me make that minimum target that I've set for myself. 
once um you know i set the targets then i streamline the companies and i choose the companies then i start investing in the companies so basically that's uh my process of investing in the nigerian stock market all right i'm, I'm just going to ask a, a follow-up question to that you've mentioned that you know you set okay. a, you set a target you look at the companies you look at their earning yields and earnings per share let's assume you have two companies that have the same you know earnings yield they have the same dividend dividend yield what other factors do you consider you know to decide which of these two or do you just buy a basket of all of them that have um, you know good fundamentals um i look at some 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 very some very core things i look at i, I want a company that are that is highly capitalized when i say highly capitalized they, they have a very high capital base in the stock market that was one so i also want a company that the that is the shares are liquid they do a high as in like the company shares trade a high volume every day in the stock market uh, the reason why um i i prioritize um, those two points is the fact that um, if for any reason I have a large, large chunk of money to buy a company's shares, once the company is highly capitalized and it is liquid, I'll be able to get a feel of, uh, of, my, of, of what I want. And if for any reason I want to sell, I wouldn't have a problem also getting out of that stock. So if there are two companies uh, that have the same earnings yield, same dividend yield, I would now look at the liquidity and the capitalization of the two stocks. Which one, uh, whichever, whichever one has a better one, would be the one I'll go, I'll go with. Okay, thank you very much for clarifying that. Um, you've you've told us a couple of things that you look for that you want to see in your investments or in companies that you invest in. Are there things that you yeah. don't want to see? Are there things that put you off that you <laughs> once you see it, you run away? Um, a company that is making consistent losses every you know companies release um um reports um, quarterly reports now it's okay for a company to make a loss one quarter but if it goes to one quarter two quarters three quarters of consistent losses that's a red flag for me you know i want to know why is this company making these consistent losses is it as a result of um the economy if that's the case the company can be forgiven or is it as a result of bad management? If that's the case, um, I, I will not pitch my tent with such a company. If I'm already invested in that company, I'll, I'll be thinking of how to divest and move my funds into a, another company that, that meets my target better. Now, um, generally, it's well known that the emotions of um, you know fear and greed can make or mar investing. You know, a lot of people succumb to this and it obviously affects their investment returns how do you uh, as an investor how are you able to keep these emotions in check and you know ensure that you make the most of them rather than them hindering your performance mm, one major thing that any investor should um, try and manage an impossible conquer is the emotions and you've you said it, the emotions of greed and emotions of fear if if for anything make those two emotions work for you and not against you and there's this sound there's this very popular saying I, I, i'm not sure if it's warren buffett that says it, that, that said it that says be greedy when everyone is fearful and be fearful when everyone is greedy um 
For instance, when a stock price is going up and it's going up, it's going up, at that point, everyone is, most people are greedy. That's when a sound investor should be fearful. And I, I, for me, that's when I start selling my shares. That's not when I'm buying. I buy when prices are falling and everybody's running elsewhere skelter. And um, it's important to position oneself as an investor to be able to take advantage of the market when prices are falling and to also take advantage of the market when prices are um, skyrocketing. Is, is it that you don't succumb to, is it that you don't experience those feelings of fear and greed or practically how are you able to act this in spite of those feelings? Every human being has those emotions. The only way that I have been able to um, to um, get ahead of my feelings is by developing a plan. You know, have a plan when you're when you're when you're investing or when you're trading. Have a plan and trade your plan. That way, you know that this is the company price is at X. This is the, you 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 put it on paper what your action would be if it falls to uh, this amount, this is the action you take if it rises to this amount. So regardless of what everyone is doing, and regardless of what your emotions are, because you already have a plan in place, when the price swings towards any any extreme, whether it's low or high, you you, you already have the action, you, you already have the action plan that you're going to take. That way, if you're following your action plan, you wouldn't be following just... Um, the emotions of greed and fear. You're, you're, you're acting logically based on a preconceived plan. You're, you're not just um, buying or selling because of emotions. You're buying, on, you're buying and selling based on your plan. It's, it's the same way an architect would um, draw the plan of a building before he starts building. You know, you don't just build a, you don't build a mansion based on emotions or build a block of flats based on emotions. You, you, you have a plan and then you start building brick by brick you know, until you have your desired building. If for some reason you already know that, okay, if you get to this level, there's an error, you are going to remove this. You already have that on your plan. By the time you encounter that error, you, that's exactly what you would do because it's already there on the plan. But someone that is building on emotions, when you encounter an error, the emotions of that person could say, well, let's keep building it like that, you know, and then they keep building only for the building to crumble and crash at some point. So it's very important to have a plan Stick to your plan, trade your plan. That way, you will not be able to fall um, for your greed or for your emotions or, or for your fears, basically. Perfect. Uh, um, you've walked into this question. Um, now, are there times where you failed to follow your plans and what happened? Can you give us one example of a time where you had a plan, but for one reason or the other, you failed to follow that plan and you had an unexpected outcome? Um, in recent times, I can't remember any of that, but there was a time I was close to making a decision based on an emotion. I was angry and I'm not sure. I I, I think you can remember when that happened, Um, when UBA released um, a result and it wasn't what everyone was expecting. I I remember. You remember, and I, and I was angry and I was pissed. Like, what's this? What's there? You know, like I'm, you know, and I made up my mind. I was going to sell off all my shares and everything. Now I was deciding to sell based on my emotions. But then that night I went back and then I looked at my plan, 
and I was like, this plan is actually this this plan has as as um as prepared for a, a scenario like this. So I looked at all the other fundamentals of the company. I looked at their earnings yield. Earnings yield wasn't going down; it was going up. Like this is actually a strong company. They were only preparing for um, subsequent disasters by reducing their dividends. So I was like, okay, it's not a bad idea to stick with this company. So I decided to hold on to my holdings for a little while. Now, uh, that's an example of me not succumbing to my fears. But the last time I can remember succumbing to fears or greed was year, many years ago, maybe around 2000 and 2004 or 2005 or thereabouts. You know, there, there was this talk now, now Merchant Bank, that everyone was, you know, it was a penny stock then, but then it started going up and people were buying. So you know, I took a very large chunk of my funds then and I bought. And then I watched it, it was going up and, you know, my greed allowed me to stick in there and it kept going up, it kept going up. When it was time to sell, I was too greedy. And then this, at some point, the price started coming down, it started coming down, and then I was too um, greedy still to, to let go when I was supposed to let go. So it went down to the point that it got to the price that I bought, it started going there, it reduced like maybe 50, 60%, and then my fear kicked in and I sold at, at a loss. That was a very, a very, um, major lesson for me in, in, in the Nigerian stock markets. And that has, it has left an imprint. In fact, I, I, I can't forget that experience. Wow. <laughs> it's good to know that you're also human. I was wondering if you've never had these feelings or if you've never had an untoward experience from them because at one point or the other, we all do. So thanks for sharing that yes, experience. Yes, yes. You mentioned something which is yeah. like when it's time to sell. Now, you that's... Yeah. My next, the next thought I would, or the next question I'd like to ask you: How do you know when it's time to sell? What are your, what are your sell criteria? Personally or generally? <laughs> well, we can talk about boots. We can talk about your personal criteria, and then what you feel may, may work generally. Okay, um, I'll speak from a personal perspective. Okay, so now if if um, if there's the stock I'm invested in, and let's say the the return I have, or the, uh, the the earnings target that I've set for myself is, let's say X percent. Now, once the price of the stock appreciates to a point that it gives that X percent, what I do is that I start selling of that stock in tranches, in in either five percent tranches or ten percent tranches. So as it increases. With each of with each as the price increases with each X percent, I sell off another tranche. Now, when or if the price descends, what I do is I buy back what I sold as a profit. That's where I increase my holdings. Um, if you get what I mean. So, for instance, if 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 I buy a stock for say a hundred naira, my target is a ten percent return. I, I look at any ten um, a ten naira dividend every year on that stock. Now, once the price of the stock gets to 110, I, I sell off like 5% or 10% of that stock. When the price increases by 20%, I sell off another tranche. So for each 10% increase, I sell, I sell, I sell. By the time it gets to 100% increase, I am totally out of that stock and I'm not looking back because by that time, 
if I look at the dividend yield, it has become very low. If I look at the earnings yield, it has become very low. Now, when the price reverses and it starts going down, all I simply do is I start buying back what I sold at 120. I buy it back at 110. That way, my my holdings increases like a 10%, if you get what I mean. Yeah, very interesting strategy. Um, I, I remember a time I talked to you and you talked about, you know, buying companies where they are, when they are their 52-week low and, you know, selling some at their 52-week high. How has this worked out for you yes. generally? Now, that's a general rule of thumb. It's the way what I do is deeper than that. You know, to be on the safe side for investors generally, play on the 52-week low and the 52-week high. What I do personally, I have a longer time horizon, like a five-year or a 10-year horizon. So I'm not playing in the 52-week low. I'm playing in the five-year low, five-year, um, yeah, the five-year low and the five-year high. So those are the price ranges where I um, plant my, um, my, what do I call it? Target, target entry and tra- target um, um, exit points. All right, sir. Looking at this strategy, there are some companies that, you know, keep going up and keep going up. Now, okay, let me rephrase that. Now, there are some companies that as the price goes up, the fundamentals of those companies, you know, improve as well. A case in point is yes. uh, maybe like United Capital. Uh, United Capital, we've, yes. seen, we've seen their earnings year on year, just, you know, on a steady, almost progressive yes. match, upward match, and the price has, has followed that um, curve as well. Using this strategy yes. of, you know, setting a, a target price, selling as things go up, don't you think you would have exited at 100%, whereas the stock, the price of this company has gone up 200, 300% since then? Oh, you win some, you lose some. I, 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 don't, I don't look at... Um, 300% I could have gotten. I take my wins and I run with my wins and I'm looking for other opportunities. So that's, it's, it's, it's a personal thing, you understand? A lot of times people are looking for the stock to win big in. I'm not looking for that stock. I'm looking to invest. I'm constantly investing and I'm constantly looking for opportunities. So if I've gotten my return in one company, I'm, hold, I'm holding my own to my capital and I'm looking for the next opportunity. If there is no opportunity, I'm going to hold on to my cash and leave it in. The money market or some or somewhere where I can get you know um, risk-free return until another opportunity surfaces in the stock market in the stock market, then I go back in. Um, one thing about one thing that is very important about investing is that you have to be disciplined and you have to be patient. If you're not patient, you might buy stocks when you're not meant to buy, you might sell when you're not meant to sell. And if you're not disciplined, you might not have that uh, well without to stick with the companies that you've you've chosen to pitch your tents with. If you, you decide to buy a stock when the price is going high and it seems they are doing good and all that, yes, it's good. But the thing that even that company that the price is going up and everything, at some point, the price will come down. It's the way the market is. Prices go up and down. So I'd rather wait for the, the price to correct and come down before I take um take a foray into that into that company and even when i buy i'm not going to buy with 100 percent of my funds as i said earlier on i buy in tranches that way if the price falls more i can buy more and get more units if the price goes up i can take my profits and 
move on to the next company. Okay. Um, I'm aware you, you authored the book. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure when, but um, hopefully you'd tell us a little bit more about that. But you, you've authored a book titled Stop Losing Money in the Stock Market. Um, why did you write this book and what's the basic idea? What are the basic principles that you're hoping this book passes across? Uh, well, I wrote this book during the lockdown, I think. I've been working on it for a, for a while, but I just never got to publish it. But during the lockdown, I had all the time. So I decided to finish what I was doing. And the reason why I wrote the book basically was because I, 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 I get to see a lot of people actually losing money in the stock markets instead of making money in the stock market. So um, what the principles the book contain basically are most of most of the, most of the things we have already spoken about, as in just like basic things that you should look into a company before even saying you want to buy that company. And whenever you decide to buy the company, have a strategy, have a plan of how and when you buy, and have a plan and have a strategy of how and when you sell. So those are the things that are, that are contained in that book. It's a very short read, actually. All right, great. Thank you very much for that. And is it published now, or can how can people get? Yes, it is published. Oh, okay. Yes, it is published. Um, I listed it on a platform called Gumroad. Um, the bootstrap where it's being sold. But um, I can I can make it available to people anyone that is interested um, for free or for a donation if the person chooses. All right, that, that's very altruistic. I'm, I'm well aware that the book itself is actually listed for $24.99. However, for the benefits of the listeners, you've made the book available to anyone um, just for a small donation for any amount that they are willing to donate. Um, thank you very much for that kind gesture. I'll leave a link in the description of the episode where listeners can, you know, one with one click, get access to the page where they can um, um, get that book. Thank you very much, sir. Um, just before I let you go, sir, um, any last words or any final thoughts, anything that you would like to, um, you know, just pass across to any retail investor listening to this? Yeah, what I would like to say is um, it's important for you to wake up and act and uh, whenever, when we sleep, we wake up in the mornings. Many of us are still sleeping and we've not woken up. So what I'll say is regardless of what your age is, whether you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s, wake up. And whenever you wake up, that, that is your morning. Wake up, start acting and start investing. It's not about, investing is not about putting in a large chunk of money in the market. It's about the discipline to set aside a, 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 a very tiny part of what your income is consistently, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly. You know, that way you see it grow. I remember when I started in, investing in the stock market, I started investing with just about 3,000 naira. And um, over the years, I've been able to build a portfolio that is quite impressive. I looked at it, even was it today or yesterday, I was like, wow, how did I get here? But 
it's 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 from little little funds. You know, you don't have to start. You don't have to wait till you have millions to start investing. You can start investing with as little as a thousand naira or five thousand or ten thousand or whatever amount you've decided to start with. Make sure that you don't let it um, stop there. Consistently set aside that same amount. If for any if for any reason you're going to um, change that figure, let that figure increase. You know, I learned I learned a hard lesson the hard way, and in as much as I learned a hard lesson, it was a good lesson too. You know, every Nigerian living in Nigeria, you're just one emergency away from from poverty. Even if you think you have so much in investments, you know, I, I had dealt, I had a family emergency a few years ago that head deep into my investments. And the sad thing was that it had to eat deep in my investment. But the good and happy thing about it was, at least I had something to fall back on. I had investments to even dip my hands into that could take care of that emergency. You know, there are times that for some reason, you just fall into an emergency and you need some funds and then you'll not be left with having to beg for funds and all that. You know, that can be averted if one prepares. If you have a nest egg, you have a basket of investment, a portfolio of investments that will take care of you. You know, plan towards having such towards your old age. And whenever you wake up, that's your morning. Start acting. 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, 1 million, whatever you can set aside on a consistent and continual basis. Keep doing that and watch your portfolio grow. Well, thank you very much. It's been an exciting time, Mr. Uluyomi Paneye. Thank you very much for your time. Um, my, You're welcome, sir. <laughs> my regards to the family and all the best with your new career at Kedari Capital. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. It's a privilege and it's a honor. As in, I do not take it lightly. Thank you very much. 